Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I would like to thank you for joining me here on Facebook Live, as well as Blog Talk Radio here at Precious Predicaments. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I am a licensed American Family Therapist, as well as I am the host of the show. Now, I want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning, giving me the activities on my limb, still experiencing the healing, feeling better. I wanted to say I would go be one that did not catch COVID, but I did. So I'm doing the best I can. So if I get to hacking and coughing and spitting and all of that stuff, hey, I got to charge it to the game because I'm trying to get this stuff out of my body. Now, today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday is when we do the episode from the pulpit to the couch where you receive biblical teaching from someone in ministry as well as myself, Jeanette Abney, a therapist. Now, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar, and it's not about religion. It's about relationship and being a believer. It's basically what we're talking about. Hey, Shirley, you know, you can call in on the show to join me because I don't want to be talking about myself today. Now, today's topic is entitled Being Moved by Your Circumstances. Now, when we start talking about our circumstances, especially when we talk about social media, some of us need to go on a social media fast because there's so much going on on social media. There's a lot going on on the news. I don't even have cable TV no more. I stream my shows. And even streaming, I'm like, really? All of this stuff is happening? People getting shot at the mall? People's kids are dying? People, I mean, it's just, it's just too much, way too much. So when we started talking about circumstances, it's like if a person called me this today and they said, Jeanette, how you doing? I'd be like, you really don't want to know. So, <laughs> because when I start telling people what's really going on, they really don't want to hear that. They really want to know how's your health. And hell, that ain't right either. But when we talk about being moved by your circumstances, I want to know what do that mean to you when you start talking about your circumstances? Because you've got to remember you are not your circumstance. Now, on Facebook, I have posted that millions are experiencing some type of circumstance, be it good or bad. We're all going through or experiencing something. Do you feel like you're dealing with more than you can handle? I remember going to church and I used to go to the altar and I'd be like, Lord, they say you don't give you no, nobody no more than they can bear, but you know what? I think you got me confused with somebody else because there's just too much stuff going on right now. You know, and I was like... I don't know if I can deal with all of this. Are you being moved by your circumstance? Do you believe that you have the ability to overcome? You know, because don't nobody want a pity party. I I can truly say that I'm blessed, fortunate, thank God for my situation. But sometimes when I'm dealing with all of this, I just got off the phone with my, I want to call her my other daughter, and we're trying to enroll clients, and she, I'm like, you know what, I'll do it myself. <laughs> And I know sometimes I have to stop being like that, but I get tired of hearing. Well, da, 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 da. you know what? I got it. I got it. Now, there is a blessing with your name on it, and don't let your circumstances have you stop trusting in your heavenly Father. You know, I had a young lady. I hope she called in. Went to school with middle school with. She lost her son. I, I love watching her. And the one thing she kept saying is, I trust God. I trust God. And I don't know what that's like to have lost a child, 
but I know what it's like to have lost a parent. You know, just yesterday when I was putting the show together, I started writing down some of the circumstances and the situations that I've been through, that I've overcome, that I, I just was like, ooh, you know what, this is traumatic, all of this stuff. But by that same token, sometimes people's testimony can give people hope because sometimes individuals think that if they're doomed, this is just too much. Like I said, even with COVID, I did not. Knowing I have lupus, knowing I have a compromised immune system, COVID was the last thing I wanted to be dealing with. And so I try to isolate myself, sitting in this little room all day, every day, for hours, not going to my five offices. And I'm like, really? But once it hit me, I realized i got to deal with this situation because I've got too many people to piss off and too much stuff to do for me to just be dropping dead right now. So that ain't not going to happen. Not right now. <laughs> so sometimes when they say, how big is your problem, how big is your God? And do you trust him? Now, I have put on here that being moved by your circumstances can create consequences. Now, we start talking about the consequences. I used to hear people say, I got to do what I got to do. And I used to wonder, and I even used to believe that myself when I was growing up. You know, well, I got to do what I got to do. What did that really mean? Do you really have to do this? You know, but then I learned that. Many of us had limited resources. We had limited conflict resolution skills. We didn't know how to go and ask for help because we would either let our pride or our ego get in the way, or my mother used to say, I don't want nobody all up in my business. So because you don't want nobody in your business, we're supposed to be dealing with this? I know there got to be a better way. You know, and then we always say, well, we're going to take it to the pastor Pastor can't handle all your situation and all your problems because sometimes pastor got their own stuff going on too and what's going on in their life with their children, with their situations, with their health. I was saw on Facebook where they were talking about an assistant pastor in Compton with Shining Kill. Really? We doing drive-bys on pastors now? You know, it's, it's like it's, things are just getting and becoming so out of control. So as we start talking about being moved, what moves you? How does your circumstances move you? Or do you do what they call the the fight, flight, or freeze, to where you either fight by trying to take care of things, do you flight by trying to run away from it, or do you just freeze and just feel like you're stuck and don't want to get out the bed or just want to put your head in the sand? So I'm going to be providing some information on how to keep moving, ways to rise above your circumstances, because it's good to know the Lord. It's good to have a relationship with the Lord, because when you have that relationship and that foundation, that can help you get through some things. And when we start talking about getting through... So another client want to come back. Okay, <laughs> as a therapist, Lord, I hear all kinds of circumstances. So when we start talking about um, knowing the Lord, having a relationship with the Lord, believing and keeping that faith, there is nothing too hard for God. And I'm going to repeat that. 
nothing too hard for God. He's a miracle worker. Now, just I posted something where my God brother's been in a hospital way over a year. And, you know, Facebook kind of reminds you of stuff. They're like old friends. They just stuff be popping up five years ago. I'd be like, really? Y'all pulling this stuff up? But it was a picture uh, in the situation, well, when I, my godbrother and I, we went to go eat. Lord, we went to Golden Corral. That was a situation. Me and Mr. Blackwell fought from the time we got in the car to the time we got out the car. Sitting in the restaurant. He got mad at me. I'll take a picture. I'm like, you can't even see. How you know I'm taking a picture? But the thing is, even though his circumstances have not changed, um, my friend Pat called me. You went out to eat with Delano? He didn't pay no attention that the doggone picture was in 2019. And now it's 2021. So the thing is, people are going through some things. So if you are dealing with something, and I'm going to tell you, talking about it helps. Not just having a pity party, whining and crying and all that other stuff, but there is a way to process things. Because a lot of times when we're going through something, we say, where's God? Did he leave me? Do he not hear me? You know, like I said, when I started getting all these doggone negative reports on my health, I didn't tell people to start praying for me. Hell, I started praying for myself because of my relationship with my Heavenly Father. <clears throat> and, yes, it's great to have corporate prayers, but sometimes he can answer your prayers too if you just go to him. That's why when they say when he got a, a blessing with your name on it, I want to see my name on it, not Jeanette, Teacher Reggie. I want it to be just Jeanette's blessing, okay? So when we start talking about this, we've got to remember that God is our provider. And we sometimes question, where is our faith? But one of the things we're going to be talking about on this show is being basically refusing to be moved by your circumstance because we do have the ability to overcome. We are more than a conqueror. I was up last night at 2 in the morning sitting here. I'm trying to text this thing to make sure anybody calling in. I'm sitting here listening to Shirley Caesar. I'm listening to all these old gospel songs and the music, and I'm taking notes and writing stuff down, and, you know, the storms keep on courageous in my life. And I'm like, all of these storms and trouble don't last always, and I'm, I'm listening to these things. And sometimes people don't realize how gospel music can bring us such encouragement, you know, because sometimes we get so caught up in what's called the negative self-talk so when we start talking negatively, we we make our situation worse. Now, <clears throat> I want to ask you a question if you're out there. And remember, if you want to call in, join me in a conversation, because like I said, pretty soon I'm going to start coughing and gagging and spitting in a minute. So um, I need somebody to start talking with me because I don't like talking by myself. What was the hardest thing that you've ever had to deal with? And when I wrote that question down, came up with a whole long list of stuff. And I'm just writing stuff down and writing stuff down. Dorothy said I would join another time. I'm very busy on Tuesday. And, okay, Dorothy, I just wanted to hear what you had to say now. That's all right, but thank you for letting me know. And um, the first thing that I wrote down on my list was I watched my mother take her last breath. I watched him when they put her in that bag and zipped her up 
and she was helpless and lifeless. I watched when she couldn't eat, when she couldn't drink no more, when she couldn't talk. And to see something like that, that was the first time in my life I witnessed death. And to it to be your mother, and your and there's absolutely nothing you can do. And we're giving her baby food and feeding her with sponge water. And me and my sister trying to lift her up to take her to the bath because she don't want to go to. That right there, I commend individuals who take care of the people that are ill and sick and terminal and hospice. That was tough. That was very tough. Now, then I was like, you know, I've had all these unsuccessful marriages. Now I've got husbands dying of heart attacks and prostate cancer. I'm like, you know, this right here. Then my father was murdered in 2017. Uncle died two murdered before age 25 and raised in Compton. So as I was writing down some of this stuff, then I said, and I talked on the radio how I was fired three times in one year, and yet the funny part was when I got fired three times in one year, hell, I had already retired and would be getting a retirement check for the rest of my life. I've been retired for 20, over 20 years. So sometimes we start talking about our circumstances, our financial hardship, the people that have came and left our, our lives, and the thing was, well, like I said, with the COVID, now – I didn't know what to say, even though since COVID-19 has hit, and like I said, it did not affect my company as bad as it did a lot of people, but it did slow me down because I was actually driving a 1,000 miles a week to five offices seven days a week, phone ringing off the hook. I'm running here, running there, running like a chicken with my head cut off. And the one thing my brother Blackwell used to tell me was, Jeanette, I don't want to see you on your back. Slow down. And it's sad because he was the one that wind up on his back. But he kept trying to warn me and trying to tell me to slow down. But I, I started having clients that were testing positive for COVID, and I started picking their brain and finding out the symptoms, and I was like, oh, I don't play with that. Now, with cancer, I got AFLAC, so I got a cancer policy. But I was like, I don't think I got no policy with COVID because I don't want to be dealing with that. I don't make a good patient. But when it hit me, and it it's the people that was closest to me that I love, the people that's the closest to me in my circle, and I'm like, we all got to be sick at the same time? <laughs> I said, oh, no, oh, no. <clears throat> I thought at first it was my, my sister from another mother. Then I'm like, okay, I'm good, but I'm taking, making sure she okay, and and then, no, the, my son first, then my her, and then me, and then my friend, Tony, and then teacher. I'm like, my grand, really, all of us? No, the devil is a liar. This is not going to be our circumstance and our situation. We all are not going out like this, not at the same time. So when we start talking about our circumstances, sometimes we got to take a seat back and look at it from a different perspective. Now, as I was writing all of this stuff down, and start thinking about, you know, the years when I was having financial difficulties and people telling me we were waiting on our houses to go into foreclosure, her to lose everything she had and fight with my sisters. None of that stuff ever penetrated me. None of it. So, and that's because, and I'm not saying that I'm 
better than nobody else. I'm not saying that, you know, I wasn't going to lose no sleep. I didn't lose my appetite. I didn't lose no houses. I didn't lose none of that. So the thing is because I trusted God. And I remember Blackwell used to always tell me, you will be all right. And I'll be fussing. These people, and da I know you got tired of listening to me. But he used to always tell me, you go be all right. I didn't know how, but he was just letting me know my circumstances and the situation that I was in was not as bad as I thought it was. And even as I was writing this stuff down last night, I still woke up this morning with a smile on my face and was still able to make my breakfast this morning. (laughs) Hey, Victoria, I see you, and I hope Clifford is okay because I haven't heard anything from you from Clifford. So just text me and let me know that he's doing okay. So when we start talking about being moved by your circumstances, like I said, I I want to know what is the hardest thing that you've ever had to experience in your life. And when we start talking about that, not only that, do you feel trapped by your circumstances? Because a lot of times individuals feel like, don't nobody understand. I'm going through this alone. I don't like doing this by myself. Thank you, Victoria, for letting me know. Tell him I said I love him and I miss him. And I, it's, it's crazy, but I think he's the last one of my mother's men left. It's Clifford. So just let him know. And I'll never forget when he saw my face and he thought I was my mama. He probably didn't know what to do. <laughs> I know he was probably felt like he was being haunted. <laughs> but And let me know next time you guys have something, I will participate. Just let me know. So let me get back to the show. And like I said, if you want to call in, give me a call, 516-387-1914, because I want you to tell your testimony to give <coughs> somebody hope. Because sometimes people think that nobody cares, nobody's listening. Even when I was going through this before I was doing the show today, I was looking at how the show is even being heard in other countries and other languages. I'm just like, wow. And I don't do this for money. I don't do this for fame. I I do it because as a therapist, I don't have the ability to connect or or basically provide services for all of the clients that call me. But my calls are forwarded to my cell phone, so even if I'm not in my office, they can always reach me. And if I can't help, I will take the time to try to provide you information to help you navigate some of this stuff based on my experience because I've been doing this for a long time. And I know that a lot of times, like I said, people are going through some things and I tell people sometimes it ain't nothing I ain't heard before, but somebody got me on that. They told me something. I was like, ooh, I ain't heard that one before. So like I said, it could be big, it could be small, no no matter what it is, it, it is yours. And it is, and it can have an impact on, on you depending on how you look at your circumstance. Now, how do you walk by faith and not your feelings? You said, I feel stuck from the death of my sister. You know, I get that, Victoria, because your sister was, after your mother, she was like the rock of your family for years. And, you know, and and even her her son, Tony, you know, I remember him as a kid calling me Jean's kid. 
He used to torture the hell out of me. Every time I saw him, I was chasing him, trying to beat him up. You know, and I remember you talking about the death of your stepsister. I still remember the death of Jackie. I still remember Clifford getting that information with her. That was the first one. And your family has been through a lot, a lot. I remember your brothers. I remember I remember so much as a kid because I was one of the little nosy kids. But I know that that was hard because you guys were very, very, very close. But you know, Victoria, I am very proud of you, very proud of you. Even though you and I really didn't, oh, my gosh. See, I didn't know that, that you found Jackie. I did not know that. I don't know why, and we could talk off the air on that one. I always thought that the story was that she was in the bed with her kids when that happened. Hmm, okay. And, you know, Victoria, I don't know if you've ever even talked to someone about that because we've had experience and even growing up so much stuff to where we thought was just, not that we thought it was normal, but we survived it. And people didn't understand because of our personality. And I know you probably thought I was a little bad little kid when I was growing up, even though I was. Because that was because I saw too much, I knew too much, I was around too much. So I kind of grew up way much faster than what I should have because I shouldn't have been exposed to a whole lot of information that I was exposed to. But that what you just posted, I did not know because I really thought that it was her daughter that because they were in the bed with their mom. That was the story that I always believed all these years. Wow. But you know what? Keep her memory alive. And if you notice, Victoria, I talk about my mother Jean a lot. It's been since 2008 since she passed. And, okay, they were there too. That part I remembered. I didn't know you were there. I thought it was just Nikki and her brother. But, you know, this is why I do this show, Precious Predicaments, because Precious Jean's nickname. And that's how I keep my mother's memory alive. I tell her stories about her, you know, because you know my mama was a straight gangster. She was nothing to play with. And I miss her dearly. Mr. Spice, Mr. Art, Miss all that. And, you know, sometimes she got on my last nerve. But she was still my mother. And I didn't know what it was going to be like to have to live without my mother. I know it was hard for my mother to live without her mother. Well, my grandmother passed away. So, but now I see the things that you're doing with your kids and, you know, even with your husband. And I remember his brother, Fatty, that was my little troublemaker when we was in elementary school, you know. So there's been a lot. There's been a lot. But I just want you to know I love you, Victoria, and I'm very proud of you and the woman that you've become. I truly am. I truly am. Now, getting back to this subject, when we talk about being moved by your circumstances, and if you are in ministry, pastor, a youth leader, even if you're the drummer of the church, and you want to talk about this topic, please give me a call, 516-387-1914. Because a lot of times, I know even my mother, <clears throat> when things got heavy for her, first thing she would do is run to church. Just run to church. Take the church, take the church, go, 
We went to church so much, church started getting on my nerves. <laughs> I was like, it's nighttime. It's dark. It's early in the morning. It was, you know, <clears throat> even when my mother passed away and I found her Bible, <clears throat> and my mother used to tell me I wore her Bible out because I was that child that would just drive her nuts. The thing is, I noticed that she lived on his word. She lived on his promises and his scriptures. Now, I'm looking at something, and it's coming from um, vistaofhope.org, and it says, refuse to be moved by your circumstances. Now, when we start talking about our circumstances, a lot of times we start saying, somebody say, yeah, she's a good person, right? <laughs> and you say she's a good person, you must be talking about Victoria. Who are you talking about? Oh, wants to be in your video. Okay, let me add you in, Ray Miller. Okay, my finger getting caught up in the way. Okay, so I'm putting you on, Ray, so you can join me. Okay, so I'm adding you on Facebook Live. It's adding. I guess all you have to do is accept it. And you can join me on this conversation. Why you decline, Ray? You just said you wanted to join. You know what? Don't be scared now. Okay, Ray Miller, if you want to join in on the conversation, you can either by Facebook Live, by requesting to join me, or you can call in if you just don't want to be seen by giving me a call at 516-387-1914 because I do want to hear your your testimonies, your stories, and what you have to share. Now, when we start talking about our circumstances, sometimes we let our circumstances get the best of us. And like I said earlier, you are not your circumstances. Now, happiness is not something that you can postpone for the future. Happiness is a choice. It's how you look at your situation. It's what you believe about your situation. Now, like I said, millions of people all over the world today are going through something. And everyone wants to be happy, and we deserve to be. But sometimes we let our circumstances and our situations get the best of us. Now, I want to read something, and I want to read it word for word, and it says, I am not moved. I refuse to be moved by the circumstances seen now. My faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Therefore, I declare that my faith is alive and producing results in and for me. I do not stagger at the word of God through my unbelief, but I am strong in faith, and I give God the glory. Now, it says here that the devil is no longer a fear factor for a child of God. That is so true. Like I said, when we start talking about a fear factor, I don't operate in fear. And I ain't scared of nothing I can see. But when I start thinking about this COVID stuff and people don't want to be bothered with that, but you know what? My body is fighting it anyway. Like I said, my autoimmune system is already compromised, so my white blood cells are high. So no matter what comes in my system, it's going to fight it. And I got a bag of vitamins and doggone colloidal silver and everything else to help boost my immune system, including pineapple juice and orange juice. We're going to take all of that. Now, when we start talking about these these different things, they're talking about that being um, that the devil is no longer a factor of fear for a child of God. Everything you went through the first half of your life was for the glory, to give the glory to God. When I started talking about some of these things and when I – Here's some of my childhood friends when they're losing their parents now. I had a young man today that I was talking to, 
and he just his father just passed, and I was talking to him as he was talking about preparing his father's funeral. I said his funeral is supposed to be about the way he lives his life, not the way you want him to live his life or live your life, because that ain't got nothing to do with him. That's it's your father's homegoing celebration. But when we start talking about these things, sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves to where we kind of ignore, oh, you're talking about your friend Victoria. Okay, right. Ray, I tried to add you on so you could talk with me, but you, you kind of declined me. But that's, that's okay. I, I'm okay with being declined. But <laughs> no problem. So we start talking about giving God the glory. Even when I started talking about that, the first thing the man said to me was, Jeanette, <clears throat> have you ever lost a parent? And I had to tell him, yes, I lost both. My mother died from cancer. She was only 59. That's why I say I'm only 55. But I refuse to die before 59. I will live past 59. Now, if it's 60, okay, I did it. I said it, whatever I'm going to do. But I'm not going to die before 59. Now, if, if I got anything to do with it. And like I told him, not only did I lose my mother, my father was murdered. So I had a double whammy. And he just got quiet because he thought his circumstances and his situation was so, no, I said, I've been through that already. And so when we start talking about our first half of our life that we go through and then to give the glory to God to be revealed in this present moment, no matter what is going on in your life today, remember it's only a preparation. It's all a preparation for better things. Now, in John 10.10 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might, Destroy the work of the devil. The Son of God was manifested for the purpose, meaning you. When things aren't adding up in your life, start subtracting and stop worrying about how things are getting bad. Worry doesn't give, it says, worry does nothing but gives you wrinkles and steal your joy and keep you busy doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. I used to, when people, you know, even even after, and I know my son been watching me because he keeps trying to throw up my ex-husband Byron in my face and about Byron dying and being friends for over 40-some years. And uh, <clears throat> and I never, I was like, wow. I, 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 if, if Byron would go die, I thought it would have been when he was in his 20s or 30s. Or, you wait all this time to have a freaking heart attack? Really? You know, and my son was looking at me, looking at me like, Mom, you ain't cried. Mom, you ain't. And all I can remember is my mother used to say, what you crying about? Stop crying before I give you something to cry for. I'd be like, hell, if I'm crying, why you going to give me a whooping to make me? That don't make no sense. My mother used to say, crying don't do nothing but make your head hurt. Now, I know that there are some individuals that are very emotional, and crying works for some people. Crying just don't work for me. And I'll never forget I had a woman tell me, <laughs> I had a woman tell me, I walked in my room and she was crying. And I said, um, okay, so what's going on? How are you? She said, I said, are you okay? She said, yeah. I said, so um, I said, so how long do you do this? Oh, well, I normally do this for about 20 minutes, and then after 20 minutes I'm okay. I said, okay, I'll be back in 20 minutes. She looked at me like, no, 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 don't leave me, don't leave me. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, I'm not going to sit here and watch you cry for 20 minutes. That does not work for me. But <clears throat> the thing was, 
That was the way she processed things because even though Jesus wept, she felt that if she cried, it would make her feel better. So I was trying to give her the space that she needed to do all of that because I'm not going to sit there and watch you cry. So the woman told me, she said to me, I said, my mother used to tell me crying don't do nothing but make your head hurt. She said, and it messes up your mascara. <laughs> so the one thing, even as a therapist, I tell individuals, I can get you to think, and I'm going to make you laugh. And when you do that, that will also change your perception of your circumstance. When you can laugh about it, when you can find a sense of joy. I'll never forget when I was at my father's funeral, and I'm standing in the pulpit doing the remarks, standing over this man's grave that I thought was going to live forever because he used to always say he ain't going to heaven because he don't know nobody there. So he knew what type of person he was. And when I stepped out that pulpit and the pastor told me, Jeanette Abney, we owe you an apology. He said, you have a joy that is unrecognizable. But what he didn't realize was half of my family sitting in that doggone church probably wanted to jump on me. And thank God I had Keith with me at the time because I was like, look, we're going to turn this stuff up if they come mess with me. <laughs> Even on the circumstance that I was in, Half my family was already pissed off at me. <laughs> I was not going to be fooled by my circumstances, nor was I going to let the people think they were going to jump on me in that church. <laughs> when I stepped out that pulpit, even though when I stepped out the pulpit, I also got the funeral bill too, but that was okay. So when we start talking about these things, and like I said, you find something to laugh about. You find the joy. Now, as I was listening to some music, and I'm going to go back to some of the things that it's talking about, because I do want to keep the show on on track. And it talks about when we said, brothers and sisters, refuse to be moved by your circumstances. Refuse to be limited to your circumstances. Your failures don't define you, but your determination does. Now, Tony, you know you're being real funny, right? You don't want to join me for the show, but you're going to bang on the wall to hang the, the mirror. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> you real, you got jokes. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and our strength. I mean, you need to come help me because I can't talk. <clears throat> he is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in trouble. There is help for you. Help is on the way. But you got to follow God's lead. A lot of times we're so busy trying to figure things out. And like they say, while you're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. Now, he will never direct you wrong. God's given struggles doesn't come to stay. They come to pass. Just be patient. Wait while God works for you. Now, <clears throat> you have come too far, really. You know, and I, I like listening, like I said, to gospel music and talked about keep the faith, and I was listening to something that was talking about have patience and it shall be done, and the work of the Lord says whatever you ask for, you got to believe it. You got to say it, claim it, believe it, and receive it, and that is so, so true. Because a lot of times we want to give up. We want to just throw our hands up. We want to say, Lord, take me now. I want to, I can't do this. I can't. If you can't, you ain't. So 
So a lot of times we get so caught up in our circumstances. Like I said, Mr. Tony been waiting to finish this house so bad. Now he wants to start banging on walls. <laughs> he wants to start banging on walls while, we, while I'm trying to do his show. Now, again, you come too far to give up on God. Now, he didn't promise days without pain. You know, when we say trouble don't last our ways or you're not going to get through this world without any scars, but these scars of life that you are having and experiencing, I remember my uh, sister from another mother used to tell me, because God can trust you. I said, how do you know he can trust me? Why I got to deal with all of this? Why? I, why I used to always say, why me? And then sometimes we got to go back to the why not you? Why not you? And I'll never forget, even owning a drug and alcohol rehab facility, people that know me know I ain't never did drugs. They ain't never even seen me drunk. But the one thing about it is I enjoy working with my clients. Now, I tell people I used to throw onions and grapefruits and crackheads and them. I used to pour the alcoholic, um, when my mother would drink some tangeray and lime juice, she would have water and lime juice. She'd be ready to bust me in here with the bottle because I done poured all her alcohol. <laughs> I done poured all the alcohol out. So <laughs> I couldn't stand that stuff growing up. Then I messed around the bottle with Really? But even though I did, I learned something. It taught me to be humble. It explained to me some of the situations that people were going through that was even in my own family because I could not figure out for the life of me how doing this is going to change your situation. You know, how drinking is going to make whatever you got going on make you feel. That thing that design of that is going to add up to me and make me feel better. But I learned a lot, and the one thing that I've learned is you have to connect with people before you can correct any behaviors. So even, I'll never forget, the first time I had to do a group was when I fired a counselor because she was falsifying drug tests. And that I do not play. I tell the clients, I know that individuals struggle with a lot of things. I understand that some people are in situations and predicaments that they don't know what to do. But I'm here to help you, not here to hurt you. And what I'm not going to do is lie for you, nor am I going to cover for you. If you're struggling, let me know you're struggling, and we can see what kind of resources are available. But to just know that you're using drugs, I'm not going to sign no certificate saying that you successfully completed the program if I know you didn't. That I'm not going to do. I'm firm, I'm fair, and I'm honest. But my clients learn to appreciate and respect me for that. And because they knew that I was, they call me a normie or whatever you want to call it, even though he probably wasn't, I was able to show them and give them hope to let them know that no matter what situation you're going through, drugs and alcohol is not going to fix your situation. And I learned from them their resilience too. So part of when we start talking about not being moved by your circumstances, you got to become and realize you got something in you that's still in you. Dig a little deeper. Use it. Utilize it. Now, when we start talking about you've come too far to give up on God and he didn't promise that days without pain, sun without rain, but he did promise strength for the day and the light for the way. No matter what your life looks like in the natural, 
you have a genetic heritage that connects you with divinity. Now, begin walking in abundance of a true king. And that's one of the things, like I said, sometimes people say, you know how you get, I don't know. I, I, I realized how I was protected, how I was blessed, how some of the things that I, that I'm just not that crazy with some of the stuff that I had seen. But we got to rest well today knowing nothing is ever too out of reach that God could not revive. Be strong and be courageous. Or there may be many storms now, but it can't rain forever. Even when I'm thinking about the rain and what's going on in the world, and I, well, somebody was telling me about the rain in um, San Francisco. I thought about my granddaughter in Sacramento and her wanting a car. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm glad she ain't driving. She wouldn't know how to drive in that kind of condition. And I'm calling and trying to check up on her to see how she's doing and all of that. And the thing is, being a grandmother to a college student, thank God my daughter went to college, so I was already prepared for this. So there are going to be steps. There's a, but you can do it. Again, nothing is too out of reach, and it cannot rain forever. His arm is not too short. And I pray that God will do something spectacular in your life, and you have to also pray for that, too, because God can answer your prayers just like he can answer everybody else's. I remember one time my um, daughter-in-law had asked my friend, who was a minister, to pray for her because she felt that he had a better relationship with God than she did. <laughs> and I used to tell her he can answer your prayers, too, if you will talk to him, if you develop a relationship with him. Now, I want to share some things, and it talks about Bible verses about moving on. Because when we start talking about our our, our circumstances and our situations, and I said being moved by your situation, one of the things it says, whether we're moving on from a past relationship, a past disappointment, past sin, we got to remember that God has a plan for you. And it's not in the past, it's in the future. Now, Christians today are a new creation through Christ. Your old life is gone. Now it's time to move forward. Imagine if Peter, Paul, David, and more ever moved on past it, moved from their past. They would not have went to do great things for the Lord. Now, when I tell individuals, when I'm doing all this, like I said, it's not about me. It's not about me trying to push religion or anything like that on anyone. I wanted to really talk to individuals today about being moved by their circumstances and them to share some of the things that they're going through, and they can pick my brain for free as I am a licensed therapist to help them with some of the stuff that they may be going through. I may not know everything, but I tell people I know what I need to know when I need to know it. If I don't need to know it, I don't want to know it. <laughs> I really don't. This is an opportunity. This is a platform that many of you don't even realize that it's at your exposure. You know, I tell individuals, even when I go to Compton, and they say, well, you know, you always show. Yes, I do. I always make sure that I'm available and that I'm approachable. So you can't say nobody listening, nobody cares. I couldn't talk to nobody. I could, you could just call in and you have no idea 
who may be listening to what you have to say or who may be there to give you resources, advice, or guidance that will even call in later and let me know, hey, Jeanette, I heard so-and-so on your show, and blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. You know, I heard Laverne make the statement the other day about her son's car and her car, his car note. I didn't know she wasn't working. I didn't know. But by that same token, she will be blessed, and that car note will be paid off. Because she actually said it, and I'm repeating it, and when two or one come together and agree, it's going to happen. Because like she said, she's not going to let her baby down. So a lot of times we have so much pride when our situations and our circumstances occur, we feel like nobody is there listening. I heard what she said. I did. And when I get off the air, i got to check my bank account because i got to get Artie some money too. Because when he's doing this, putting this thing together in the city of Compton to bring snow and Christmas to Compton, his project is not going to fail. It is going to come true. Because there are a lot of kids. I, hell, I grew up in Compton. I ain't never been in the snow. <laughs> hey, Anthony, I've never been to the snow. So on December the 18th, I'm going to be at the snow in Compton because I want to see what the snow feel like. I want to go to Big Bear, but I'm too scared to drive up the mountains and stuff. So I think I'll wait till I get to the snow in Compton, okay? So, you know, those are two different things. So if you want to help Laverne with paying off her son's car so that he don't, and that bill is not there and she can still get, please either contact me, contact her. She's on Facebook. With Artie that's doing this project in Compton to bring Christmas and snow to Compton, he's on Facebook. Get in touch with him. Let's support one another because we do have the ability to help individuals that are in certain situations. And I don't mind being a blessing to other people, and I've done that practically all my life. So let's stop trying to see things and beat people up and put people down for being in these circumstances and situations. And that doesn't mean that you're giving people a handout. It really don't. Because we all will be going through or experiencing something at some time in our life. Now, getting back to some of the things that um, I was talking about in regards, like I said, to being a blessing, set aside sometimes when we start talking about we got all of this stuff going on, we got all this extra baggage, and baggage will slow you down on your walk of faith when we start talking about our circumstances. How much more blood? of Jesus cleanse you through all unrighteousness? And that's a good, interesting question that I'm looking at. And it says, if you're taking a test, you're not going to keep on looking behind you. You basically, if you run in a race, you're going to keep running, you're going to still keep moving it forward. Now, your eyes will be fixed on what's in front of you. Keeping your eyes on Christ will help you persevere. And when I'm thinking about a test, I tell my daughter, I'll never forget the story. When I first became a licensed therapist, but my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, you don't want no license. You don't need no license. Then people go take a license and da-da-da-da-da, which she was still alive when I was going through some of the mess that I was going through when I bought that company in Orange County. Ooh, Lord Jesus, when we start talking about, whoo, but the thing is, I serve a higher power. And God put me in that situation. It was not Jeanette, because Jeanette don't even balance her checkbook. I didn't know an LLC from an S-Corp to a C-Corp. 
So when I started talking about I'm the owner of two outpatient counseling centers, it was not because Jeanette was trying to be business, business savvy, had a business plan and profit loss. I know that stuff because I also studied accounting, accounting, but that wasn't Jeanette's plan. It really wasn't. So I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget. My mother was telling me about the license, and you don't want no license. Don't get no license. When I I did, I ain't never studied for that test. I do not like to study. People thought I was a bookworm. I ain't never been a bookworm. I was just naturally smart. But I'll never forget, I set up with Anthony Gray. Lord, we played dominoes. We ate. We stayed up to 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Then he gets up, and he said, you made me realize I can't continue to suffer. And you know what, Victoria? You don't. You can't suffer in silence. There's a lot that I know with you that you don't even know that I know. You have been suffering in silence for a long time. Even in your teenage years, you held on to a lot of stuff. And some of that stuff shaped your personality. And the way it shaped your personality was the way you kind of isolated yourself in a whole lot of ways because you didn't let other people into your life. And so part of that was what you was going through because sometimes we think we don't know what to do, especially when you're coming from a big family too. So I'll take that if I made you realize that. But no, baby, don't suffer in silence. Do not. There are people that can help you. There are people to talk to. Don't do it in silence because it comes out into something else. And it, that pain, it will fester, it will hurt, it will manifest itself into something else. That's why when, when I come up, when these topics pop into my spirit and we start talking about circumstances, it ain't about genetics coming up with these topics. I'm led by the spirit to talk about these different things. So even if I only got three people on Facebook right now, and I don't know how many people are listening all over the world, just that right there, even if this was just for you, hey, I did what I was supposed to do, I'm obedient. But again, do not suffer in silence, okay? <clears throat> now getting back to what I was talking about in regards to, and it talks about, Allow the love of God to compel you to keep going forward. But you got to trust the Lord. And sometimes we say, well, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. You never know who God may send to you to help you through something. When they say that he will never leave you nor forsake you, he will always send you a comforter, he will send you a comforter. And sometimes we say, oh, I'm waiting on God, oh, I'm waiting on God. But all of these people that came your way, all these people that gave you a word, all these people have tried to reach out to you. You turned your back on them. You didn't want to talk to them. You hung up. But they were sent to you for a reason, for a reason. So <clears throat> sometimes we got to just sit still. But we got to go back to trusting the Lord. Cry out to God for help for whatever is bothering you. And say, Lord, help me move on. Allow Jesus Christ to be your motivation. What's in the past is in the past. Don't look back. Move forward. So we start talking about these these things that we're going through, and these are some quotes that they say. Don't let yesterday use too much of today. Sometimes 
God closes doors because it's time to move forward. He knows you won't move unless your circumstances force you to. Now, my next little i got a quick question. I'm on radio right now, Isaiah. So when we start talking about these things and these situations and these circumstances, God's got a way sometimes of moving people out of your life, too, so that you can grow. Now, even with my mother, that's the way life is supposed to go. You know, we're not supposed to bury our children, but then yet some of us not even prepared to even bury our our parents. Now, Joanna, you said I have to stop suffering in silence too and allow some people in. But it's like, yeah, it is. See, part of it is the trust. I don't worry anymore. I never worry. I ain't sensitive. Use the word worry. The thing is, when we start talking about trust, I trust God. I don't consume myself with evil people or they go hurt me or if I say this, if I say Sometimes even in therapy, I say things and people be like, Didn't you? yeah, I really said that. I said it. So I said it because I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not going to suffer in silence. I'm not going to do all of that stuff. I'm not going to internalize and hurt me. But I trust God. It's not that I trust people because man will fail you. Men will deceive you, but I'm not going to be paranoid by that. But you got to trust God and you got to trust God with your decisions. And then you will be okay. You will be okay. Joanna, you will too. And both, like I said, Victoria and Joanna, you both know how to get in touch with me. Even though you don't talk to me all the time, and Joanna, you know I haven't seen you. I don't remember since George Washington days. So that's how long that's been. So stop. Doing this to yourself. A lot of stuff that we do is self-inflicted, self-inflicted. It's like the old saying go, if you are suffering in silence, who do you expect to hear you? You're feeling this. So, like I said, if you want to talk to me, reach out to me. I do not have a problem with that. Give me a call. I'll let you know what I know or try to help guide you in the right direction to let some of this stuff go. Because I'm going to tell you, baby, y'all live much longer when you set yourself free. Again, it's time to move forward. He knows you won't move unless your circumstances force you to. That's why sometimes we get caught up in situations and Lord knows we had no business being in them situations. But it's what did you learn from that situation? How did the situation, like they say, there was a saying that three people you're going to remember. You're going to remember who was there for you when you needed it. You're going to remember who wasn't there for you when you wanted them to be. And you're going to know who put you in that situation. Joanna, um, a good time to call me normally is at night. Because normally I'm seeing clients from like 9 in the morning to almost 7 o'clock at night. But give me a call. If you call 714-992-1677, that is my Orange County office number, and my calls are forwarded to my cell phone, my personal cell phone. So 714-992-1677. Call me anytime like after 7, because that's when I'm normally done seeing clients by then, Okay. All right, so, again, we only have a few minutes left, 
And um, you know what? Like I said, I done made it through talking. I didn't think I was going to be able to. I didn't think my voice was going to. I thought it was going to give out on me by now. <clears throat> but I'm going to keep on pushing and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Again, you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. Meaning, that's a powerful, powerful quote. Because if you keep being stuck in your situation, your situation is going to be changing who you are based on how you think about your situation. Now, in Job 17:19, the righteous keep moving forward, and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. It also talks about in Philippians 3:14, and it says, "Run straight towards the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Christ." And in Proverbs. 418, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full until the full light of day. Now, we always, when we start talking about our circumstances and we talk about forgetting the past, you're not going to forget. Like I said, when I start writing down some of this stuff that has happened in my life and things that I went through and people that have, you know, passed on and transitioned, I couldn't save them. Wasn't nothing I could do. My mother used to always tell me, you didn't stop trying to play God. And it wasn't I was trying to play God. I was a resource for a lot of individuals. I don't even say, people say, well, they use me. They, I don't even go around and brag about, I don't need to do that. Because when they say that God got a blessing with your name on it, I've been blessed, been blessed beyond measure. And like I said, I don't mind talking about it. I I let people know that things are possible. People start talking about, well, I wish I could buy a house. I wish I I remember one time I told somebody, when I got ready to buy a house, I found out my husband was a bigamist. The people told me, Jeanette, if you want a house, it's yours. You can have it. I borrowed $10,000 off a credit card and wind up with a $615,000 house. Credit score wasn't even where it was supposed to be. (laughs) But I had that house for over 10 years. I tell people, and I know these are materialistic things. I went to a car dealer. The credit score that was so low, <coughs> they shouldn't even have sold me some bubble gum. And I walked out with a Mercedes with no money down, and the Mercedes is about to be paid off. So I know that God can do it if you believe and if you trust him. But if you're going in talking about what you can't have, what other people got, what you don't got, and you so busy backbiting on other people, you are comfortable in your circumstances and in your So it, a lot of it has to do with you. When we start talking about forgetting the past, you're not going to forget. But like I said, it's what you learn from it. Isaiah 43:18. forget what happened in the past and do not dwell on events from long ago. Because when you start dwelling on that, it's going to make you feel some kind of way about certain things. And if those feelings are unhealthy, it's not going to help you. Now, I want to go into, and it talks about John chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, and we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just all unrighteousness, he can turn any bad situation into a good one. 
So when we talk about being moved by your situations, remember, God can turn it around. He can turn it around. But you got to let him, and you got to want him too. You can't say, Lord, you know, I want you to turn this around, but um, give me a little bit of some of that. Because I like this way. This this part makes me feel. This this part of the situation wasn't all that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but, you know, but but take that part away, but but help me with it. No, it don't work like that. <clears throat> but you've got to lean not on your own, own understanding and trust him in all of uh, those, not only your ways, but you've got to learn how to trust God. Now, my voice is giving out because now it's time because the show is over. But I do want to say on Monday, because this has been coming and I'm watching the news and listening and stuff, I want to talk to individuals, and I do want you to call in because I want to pick your brain as we're talking about and I'm hearing about the critical racial theory being denied in eight states. History. Now, somebody was talking about, for real, I like that quote. Yeah, it was quoted. It was something that I read. Now, when we're talking about the critical racial theory, most individuals don't learn how to think critically until they go to college. So college only teach you how to think, how to basically, my daughter was talking about how to um, resolve conflicts, how to solve problems. You learn that in school. But when I was listening to the critical racial theory, and they were talking about, well, we don't want kids to feel guilty or feel bad for it, that don't have, in my opinion, nothing to do with it. We need to stop lying to people. We need to start telling people the truth and teaching individuals to respect other people. And part of that, they don't want to happen. They want it to stay that way. So when we start talking about circumstances, part of learning how to not be moved by your circumstance is having a better understanding of the circumstance and the predicament that you're in. So those of you that are out there, I really want you to share the show on Monday because we start talking about, and it's not about discriminating against individuals or making people feel bad for what was done. It's about educating and teaching your children even at home, giving them accurate information when it comes to history because so much stuff is just so distorted and they want to keep it distorted so that we don't know, even with COVID. I got a call about some kind of medication that they got out to try to help um, kill and slow the virus. If that's the case, why are they not calling everybody? They didn't call Tony, Tisha, and everybody else. I got the phone call. I had told, I told people, I said, I guess they, because my last name is Abney, they must have thought I was white. So that's why they called me to try to help me. Or they looked at my bank account, so I had a little money. They were like, okay, we don't think we want her to die right now. You know, but why not share this information with other people? So what I did was I started calling people that I know that's in the medical field, and the thing that they were telling me was, Jeanette, if your symptoms is not that bad, don't take that risk. So I know how to critical think. I know how to use my monitor, like my mama used to say. So we need to do that and not just believe everything people tell us because everybody don't have your best interest. So I want to talk about critical racial theory, and I've reached out to some educators. I know that there have been principals that have lost their jobs. 
dogs that have been suspended. Teachers are afraid to talk about it. They're all walking on eggshells. I ain't scared. I want to know. I really want to know. And I want to try to help keep you informed. So, again, thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I look forward to hearing from you on Monday as the topic is going to be critical racial theory. Look it up because I just found out about it. And I heard it's been around for a while, and I had never heard of it. Thank you again. Bye-bye.